0: everybody doing PAX means peace right I feel it I really do man it feels so good in here on the way up here I was like I wonder if they would think it was weird if I said let's just meet outside and then I came in here and the windows are open and so outside is like coming in and so we'll just leave it at that but man it feels so good in here and just a really cool I don't even want to say cool vibe bro but like it it just feels good man it feels good it's been hectic for me, I'll tell you that, Um, just with, I mean, life happens, right, I went out of town, and uh, while I was out of town, my entire family got sick, like the entire household, and it was type A flu, and their grandmother ended up in, in the hospital, she's 84 with the flu type A, so that's like, you know, we had to get that under control, but just that chaos, I'm out of town, and like my family's sick, and I was out of town because my mom was having surgery, and so it just seemed like everything. And then I got sick, I got bronchitis, so I'm like on the tail end of that. And so today, just like sitting in here, man, just a moment of peace for me. It was like, thank you, Lord. So anyways, I really I just love what the Spirit's doing in this place. Um, my name's Jason Villanueva, and um, Jeremiah's buddy, uh, his brother... Tim, I don't know if you guys have ever met Tim Wood. There's how many of them? 12 or 14 or 32 or yeah, a baker's dozen, whatever. Yeah, there's a bunch of them. Um, And Tim's a good buddy of mine and uh, Tim is uh, Jeremiah's brother. And Tim actually, Tim and Chrissy showed up the second week of uh, our church launch back in 2011. And then we've just kind of been friends ever since. And We actually just earlier was at Tim and Chrissy's baby shower that our church put on for them. So close to the family. Jeremiah's great. He knows that uh, I'm always down for coming in and doing some guest speaking. And so here I am. I'm with The Source Wichita, and we have a, a gathering on Friday nights. And so that's that's pretty great. We do a lot of online media stuff. I'm actually recording my own sermon right now just i'm I'm a media guy. I like to produce podcasts and video and I do websites and all this stuff. so um just a little bit about me. but uh, tonight, uh, I was just kind of thinking about about how I wanted to open this up. Um, you know, I kind of gotten away from this whole idea of like have to have something to teach. Um, do you know that sometimes we can we can go to the scriptures with the wrong motives, right? When we're just like, and I did this because I preached every Sunday for for some time and it got to where I have to have something to say so I should probably go ahead and open the scripture. And then I'm reading just so that I have a teaching to give rather than reading so that the Lord will speak to me and so that I can grow in deeper relationship with him. So he's kind of flipped that for me. And so I'm here tonight from a place of I kind of just want to share some of the things that I've been learning in Scripture and the things that the Lord's been teaching me. And so uh, I I want to hopefully help lead you into deeper discovery in the Scripture. And um, Jesus said that the Spirit would come and He would lead us and guide us into all truth. So I'm going to let Him do His job to lead you into truth. And um, I will do my part to kind of, I guess, testify to some of the things that I've been learning in Scripture lately. And hopefully that will kind of touch your heart. Does that sound good? Yeah. All right, let me go ahead and pray. So Father, I'm grateful to be here. Um, always, It's always awesome to get around the body of Christ. And God, I just thank you, man. Thank you so much for the peace in this place. Oh, I just feel so good, Lord. You're so good, your presence. that I'm just reminded of that, that song, when you walk into the room, everything changes. And we just thank you that we can be with you and be around you and Scripture says that you'd be with us to the end of the age, that you're with us, you're in us, we're in you and you're in us, and we don't have to ask for you to come, you're here, it's it's just the, the nature of this thing, you dwell with us, Emmanuel, Christ with us, and so, Lord, thank you, pray for open hearts and minds tonight as uh, we read scripture and learn things, and I pray that seeds are planted very deeply, um, but even more than that, God, that rather than just hearing about you, that people would hear you. And so I thank you that you do your part and I'll do mine to, uh, to preach. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right. So um, <clears throat> I like to study the scriptures and I like to kind of do the word study stuff. I don't know if you've ever been around somebody who's like, well, the Greek word for this is that and the Hebrew word for this is that. And I'm that guy. So you'll hear a little bit of that tonight, but I enjoy it because I believe that words have meaning. Um, and you're probably looking at this word up front and it's, um, it's Hene henei, and that's going to be the, the word that we're talking about tonight, but that's a Hebrew word. And, you know, I, I typically am a, a, a studier of the new Testament and the Greek words and, and those kinds of things. And then just one day it's, it hit me. I'm like, wait a second half the Bible's written in Hebrew, right? There's some more language behind it. And actually there's a couple of the prophets were written in Aramaic. So three languages over like, what, 4,000 years to hundreds of different people, people having experience with the Lord. And then we get this scripture that's just this, this testimony. And we get to read all of that. But not only do we get to read it, I believe that that very God is continuing to reveal himself to people. And so that's kind of what this is about tonight is uh, this word hen and how it um, pertains to the Lord revealing himself to people. So I want to lay a little bit of, um, I want to lay a little bit of foundation. And so we're going to go to Genesis chapter one. That's a pretty good foundation, huh? I just start from the beginning, as I say, and you've probably read this a million times and heard this a million times. But like I said, I love to study and I said, oh, you know, Lord, what do you want to show me through this? So let me just read this real quick and we'll kind of uh, take it step by step. So Genesis chapter one, verse one through five. And just so you know, I'm reading from a, from a version. Maybe you've heard of it. Maybe you've not. It's called the tree of life version, the TLV. And what it does is it actually keeps certain of the Hebrew words, some of the original language in the scripture. And so we get to learn what that, what those words mean. But as I read it I also have to go look those up. And so I just think there's, again, there's something about. These words and this language that's just so very powerful. And so we know that um, the very first language ever in the scripture and that the Jews spoke would have been Hebrew. And that's the Lord, that's the language that the Lord would have revealed himself to them. And isn't that interesting? So uh, (laughs) Genesis one. So it says uh, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And now the earth was chaos or without form. And waste, or void and empty. And darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Ruach Elohim, which means the Spirit of God, was hovering over the surface of the water. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, so God distinguished the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So there was evening, and there was morning, and there was one day. And so I just want to focus real quick on these these two words. So you may have never heard this scripture uh, version where it says the earth was chaos and waste. And so we've heard without form and void. I think that's kind of the typical words for, for that piece there, uh, without form and void. That's why I put them in the parentheses there. But the earth was chaos. That, that word there meant a chaotic, emptiness, That was without purpose. So the spirit of the Ruach Elohim, that the word for spirit is Ruach. It also means wind or breath. And all through scripture, you can look where, you know, it's like Jesus breathed on them and said, receive you the spirit, right? It's like the breath, the wind. Jesus said, the spirit of God is like the wind. You don't know where it's going or where it's coming from. So it is with the spirit, right? Just, Just, man, I just love that. You get to kind of see this needle, kind of thread the, the words throughout the scripture. So much narrative we can talk about. So you have the spirit of God. He's a creator. Right in the beginning, God created. So we have this 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 God that has this nature, and he's hovering over the face of the deep. His spirit is. And he sees an empty, chaotic void. It's kind of interesting to think of emptiness being chaotic. But I think the reason that it was chaotic to the father it was because he saw that it had no purpose yet. And so think about how when he looks at the life of a human being and maybe he sees that that person is empty, right? They've not yet come into a relationship with him. He's saying, I have to fill this place with my presence, right? He sees this empty chaotic, the chaos and he says, I need to fill that, right? The prerequisite for being filled by God is being empty, right? I heard somebody say that, The only thing that God is limited by is the amount of emptiness that we bring Him. Isn't that interesting to think of? Right? If I said, hey, can you go fill up this glass of water and I gave you a full glass of water, you'd be like, there's no room for it. But if I gave you an empty glass of water, you could fill that glass to the top. I've limited the amount that you could pour into it by how much was already in it. And so how much should we come to the Lord completely empty, right? If anyone would follow me, he's going to deny himself, die to himself daily. And follow me, right? John the Baptist said, "Less of me, more of him." It's beautiful. I love. It. I can talk about this all night. Hopefully, we'll have enough time. Um, so the Father sees this emptiness. It's without purpose. It's it's with it's without form. It's void. It's chaotic. He says, "I have to fill this place." And so then he speaks. His ruach, his spirit, his breath. Right? Words come from our mouth. We use our breath to create words, and he speaks and says, let there be light. So from nothing, there's this Latin phrase called ex nihilo, and it means out of nothing, something. So we, have a, we serve a God who is able to bring something out of nothing, and for him to do something, he needs nothing. right? There's nothing that is a prerequisite for him to be able to create. It's just who he is. He doesn't need anything. He can take nothing, and he can do something with it right? I'm I'm preaching to, to people who are like, I'm worthless. I'm terrible. I'm nothing. Great. You qualify, right? So good stuff. Um, so this is what the Lord does. And he sees that, that emptiness and he says, I want to fill it and I want to give it purpose. That, that word um, empty, when you do a little bit more uh, word study, it actually talks about like stones that at one point had created some sort of um, building or some sort of structure, and then it had been destroyed to a point to where it's indistinguishable rubble. And so he looks at this thing that's indistinguishable, and then he makes it something that is useful and purposeful. Right? It was complete rubbish, complete garbage, complete trash, waste, it said. It was chaotic, and it was waste. It was wasted, essentially. And the Lord's not going to waste a life, I'll tell you that. He's going to give us purpose, He's going to fill us, He's going to build us up, and He's going to invite us into His plan. And so that's kind of what I'm going to talk about with some of these next couple of verses. And so we're going to look at three stories. Um, We're going to look at God speaking to Moses, and we're going to look at God speaking to Isaiah, and then we're going to look at God speaking to Samuel. And so some of these I wanted to give you the entirety of the scripture. Maybe I'll read it, maybe I won't. But um, just three instances where the Lord decides that he's going to reveal himself to man and that he's going to infuse purpose. But it's not just any purpose, it's his purpose. At one point he talks to Abram, we know who is eventually Abraham. And it's interesting because you don't get context for that. All of a sudden it's like, and the Lord said to Abram. There's not like, you know, Abram was at home one day and all of a sudden, or the Lord decided that maybe he was going to bless somebody. So then he chose Abram. It's just like the scripture just says, and one day the Lord said to Abram. So who knows what's happening to Abram. But one day it's like this guy, God speaks and he's like, wait a second, where'd that come from? But the beautiful thing about that passage, if you want to look that up later, is that the Lord says, to Abram in this, in this version, this particular version, tree of life version, he says, my heart for you is this. He says, my desire for you is this. And so he says, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give, make you a people. I'm going to do this, that, and the other. And then he says, so go and leave the land and go to the place that I'll show you. So he gives them command, but he gives them a why he gives them a, a purpose behind it, but it's the father's heart and the father's desire. So God has a will. He's got a plan. He's got a purpose. He sees purposelessness, he sees emptiness, he sees waste, and he says, I'm going to do something there, and I have a plan for that. And so, um, just a couple of instances where this happens, and this is where we'll we'll find this word, uh, Hennani. So, Exodus 3, verse 1 through 8, it says, Now Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, so he led the flock to the furthest end of the wilderness, coming to the mountain of God, Horeb. Then the angel of Adonai appeared to him in a flame of fire from within a bush. So he looked and saw the bush burning with fire, and yet it was not consumed. Moses thought, I will go now and see this great sight. Why is this bush not burnt? Can you imagine if we talk like that? It's like, hey, look at that really cool thing over there. I will go now and see this great sight. Would you like to come with me? Right? It's just kind of funny. Um, Why is this bush not burnt? So obviously you see something, he's like, let me go check it out. And when Adonai saw that he turned to look, he called out to him in the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. So we see that the father again is speaking, right? He's using his breath, his words, his spirit coming forth in, in word that is heard by man in this instance. And so he answered, Moses says, Hennini. And so this word Hennini, it actually means here I am. And I just find it interesting that, as I was studying this Tree of Life version, that they chose to keep that word, "heni" uh, untranslated. But basically means, here I am. If you read the Hebrew definition, it says, lo, behold. And that's kind of like how someone would draw attention to themselves. Right? Like if, if I were to walk in and be like, hey guys, what's up? I'm calling the attention of the room. I'm saying, hey, look at me, here I am. You know, let's now talk or do whatever we're going to do. And so I guess the way they did that, they would say, lo, behold. Or in their language, it's, here I am. Hey, Um, so uh, just to go on real quick, uh, the Lord tells Moses, like, don't come closer. Take your sandals off your feet. This is holy ground. And verse seven, really important to me, because, again, we get an image of a glimpse of the father's heart. Uh, Adonai said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt. And another, oh, okay, he says I heard. i have heard their cry because of their slave masters, for I know their plans. So I've come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, to bring them up out of the land into a good and large land flowing milk and honey. We know the story. Hopefully. So interestingly, in this scenario, the father has heard the cry of his people, which to me is like, it's a great, or it's a good God, right? I mean, it's a good God who hears the cry of his people, you know? And I, I've i always wanted to teach a sermon titled, Cry Out, and I haven't gotten to it yet. But that just reminds me of that. I mean, I always just tell people like, man, cry out, you know? Just, Lord, all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved, right? It's just that, that, that cry, Father, Lord. And he hears the cry of his people and he responds, and so Moses is there, he's out in the wilderness, God speaks to him, he says, here I am, and then the Lord communicates his heart for the people, he communicates a little bit of his will, and then we know that he goes on to say, okay, Moses, I'm going to have you come be a part of that, and we all know the Moses' story was like, you know, I'm, I suck at life, I can't speak, you know, I have a speech impediment, use my brother, excuse, 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 and then he says, I'm not going to go unless you go with me. And he's like, I'll do it, right? And who, am I, who do I tell them sent me? I am, right? Like, so good. Lots of fun stuff there. So we get, this, we get introduced to this, to this idea here of Hennemi, where um, Moses says, here I am. And the Lord begins to speak to him, give his will, give his heart, and then invites him to be a part of it. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1 through 8. And it says, In the year of King Uzziah's death, I saw Adonai sitting on a throne, high and lifted up. The train of his robe filled the temple. Seraphim were standing above him. Each had six wings. With two, he covered his face, and with two, he covered his feet, and with two, he flew. One called out to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is Adonai Vaot. That means the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And then the post of the door trembled at the voice of those who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And then I said, this is Isaiah, he says, Oi to me, or woe to me. Have you ever heard of the phrase, oi ve," Like, oi ve," right? He's kind of like, Ugh, I'm a sinner, dang it. You know, in the presence of God, like, mm. we just need that little glimpse of him and remember who we are, but then we remember how amazing he is, right? Uh, so, for I'm ruined, I'm a man of unclean lips. I'm dwelling among a people of unclean lips from my eyes of seen the king, Adonai Va'ot. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a glowing coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. He touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sins atoned for. Then I heard the voice of Adonai saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And so I said, "Hinani, send me. Here I am. Send me. Really interesting just how that word has popped up. It just, it kind of tells me a little bit like, I don't know, maybe in the culture or, you know, some words carry weight in cultures and conversations. And I don't know, just feel something behind that and i like it. So rather than God appearing to Isaiah, Isaiah, he, he has... A vision. And he's seeing something in the heavenlies. And let me just tell you, like, Isaiah and John, it's like a a revelation, excuse me, John writes in Revelation, it's like chapter 3. It's a lot of parallel going on here with these visions that these guys are having, right? Maybe a couple thousand years between when Isaiah has this vision of the Father on his throne in the heavenlies with the angels saying, holy, 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 and there's all this crazy stuff going on around the, the throne of the Father. And then we look in Revelation and John's like, I turned and I saw, and there's like something like a sea of glass. And then he was seated there and there were angels and they were crying out, Holy. I mean, it's like really cool that the Lord would kind of give some of that same vision thousands of years between, right? Like, talk about confirmation, you know, like, oh yeah, I had this vision. And then a couple thousand years later, someone's like, I had that same vision, but, you know, they're probably talking about it in heaven. And so the Lord is saying, Whom shall I send who will go for us? Again, we have a desire of the Lord to go and do something among his people. If you read on, you know, you can read on later and he just says, I'm going to send you. There's going to be a people who are, who are they're seeing, but they're not perceiving. They're listening, but they're not hearing. I need someone to go and talk to them because he has desire and he has will and he wants to bring order to the chaos. He wants to fill the emptiness. He wants to bring his kingdom come right? On earth as it is in heaven, he has plans that he's bringing forth and he does it through people. God can do whatever he wants. He can snap his finger. He can go Thanos on this place, right? Just snap the fingers and then everything happens the way it's supposed to happen, right? He can do that. But for some reason, he's chosen to include man, right? Maybe you've heard this before, but the church is God's chosen vessel to bring about his kingdom and his plan on earth. He's going to do it with people. He's not going to do it without people. He invites us in. We see time and time again, all through the Old Testament, and even into the New Testament, where people are being invited in, right? Jesus called his 12 disciples to him. And so Isaiah, there before the Lord, And then the Lord says, who will go? And then he says, Hennani, here I am. He stands at attention, right? So really cool. uh, 1 Samuel 3, verse 1 through 11. I'll read a little bit about this. Um, So it just says, now the boy Samuel was in service to Adonai. Under Eli in those days, the word of Adonai was rare. There were no visions breaking through. One day, Eli was laying down in his place, now his eyes had grown dim so that he could not see, and the lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in Adonai's temple where the ark of God was. Then Adonai said, Samuel. So he answered, here I am. So Samuel is um, responding to, to Eli, and he's just using that phrase because that's that's how he knows to respond to the call of, of people looking for him, right? Then he, Then he ran out to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. <clears throat> but Eli replied, I didn't call, go back to sleep. So he went back and lay down. The rest of the story is it happens two more times. Finally, uh, Eli, who was a temple, uh, temple priest, tells Samuel, listen, I'm not calling you, but that sounds like it might be the voice of the Lord calling out to you. And so next time he calls, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Essentially, make yourself available to him. To hear what he has to say. So, verse eleven, the Nat and I said to Samuel, "Behold, I'm about to do something in Israel, which both ears of everyone that hears, hears it will tingle." And so again, the Lord deciding that He's got a plan and He's got a purpose and He's got a will and He's got something that He's going to do and He's going to call out to very specific individuals to give them a very specific purpose to call them to partner with him to be a part of his bigger plan, right? This is what he does. And I just love that phrase there in verse 10 where it says, speak for your servant is listening. And I just, I remember hearing this story So I I grew up in church. I'm what they say uh, that I went from the womb to the pew. So like born into the church, right? Like my mom worked in the daycare or helped take care of children at the church. And my dad was a deacon. It was a little bitty small Baptist church and it was kind of on the outskirts of town. And it was actually really interesting because uh, it was a primarily white Southern Baptist church, but then they also had like a Hispanic church mission that they called in they shared buildings really interesting kind of similar situation right but i was womb to pew and i grew up in church and i heard all the bible stories but i i very specifically remember hearing the story about samuel and just how like they were teaching us as children like if you ever hear the voice of the lord be sure and respond and Kind of like in a, you know, Jesus on their level kind of sermon, just kind of encouraging children, but I didn't realize how powerful that idea was until I got older. But it planted a seed in me because I've I guess I've been more more open, I suppose, to the, like the Lord speaking like that. I don't know where you guys fall on this. You know, some people are just like, I don't know. Everybody has different beliefs. But when I look at that, I'm like, okay, so the creator of the universe can speak and man can listen and interact and receive purpose and know the Father. And it's not just all about purpose. Let me just tell you that. Like the biggest thing that the Lord, I believe, was doing was revealing himself to mankind over time, right? Here's who I am. Here's who I am. Here's who I am. As each one of these people were able to see a different attribute of the Lord and learn an attribute that nobody in history had ever learned before, they got, actually got to name God based on the attribute, right? Like Abraham on, on the mountain, he says, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord provides, for the Lord said, I will provide the sacrifice. And that's when he looked over and there was a ram in the thicket, <laughs> And so he got to learn that Yahweh, or Jehovah Jireh, is this God that provides everything. And not only did he learn that about God, he experienced it in his like personal life. Like, there's one thing to say, like, God's good, and he provides. Because I heard somebody else tell a story one time about God doing something good and providing. <laughs> Versus that experiential relationship. Like I know God's good because he's been good to me. And I know God provides because he's provided for me. And let me just tell you, I know God takes wasted lives that have been chaos and empty and purposeless and rubble because I did that to my life. Right? It didn't just happen to me. I was the one that took this edifice, (laughs) this structure of my life and continually kicked it and beat it and pummeled it till it was worthless rubble. And I was laying in it saying, can God make anything of this mess? Can God make anything of this chaos? Can God do anything to fill this emptiness that I'm experiencing? And let me tell you, he did. He did. And it's one of those things like, you know, you do some stuff and you're like, I don't know if there's any coming back from this. And again, God needs no thing to do something. (laughs) But even if we bring him something that is empty and void and without purpose and waste, like he can speak into that and he can fill it, you know? And I don't know. What do you guys think about all this? Is the I mean, you guys feel like the Lord speaks to you? Yeah. Do you feel like He's giving you purpose and like some, some plan and some direction and stuff? Like. I feel like this whole sermon was about us. I mean, we dropped everything in Texas and came here because God yeah. needed us to help. Right. In. Yeah. Yeah. It's so. I talked a little bit. <coughs> excuse me. I talked a little bit about this last night, but it's one thing for God to invite you into his, into his purpose and his plan and his will and want to fill you and do something through you, right? That it's, it's one thing, but it's another thing that like he, that he has a heart and he has a desire for us, like to be with us. And so, you know, I was, I was a church planter and I moved here from Houston, Texas in 2010. And I had like been on like a year-long bender of just like drugs and alcohol and stupid crap. You know, I was running and running and running. I remember I walked into, on Father's Day of June 2010, I walked into a building. Um, It was a tiny little church. I mean, I can not even tell you. It's so small. And the ceiling was so short. Like, you know, you couldn't, if you're Pentecostal, you wouldn't make it because you'd jump and hit your head and, you know, you'd knock yourself out, praising the Lord. It's so small. Um, but I remember it was just one of those, like, man, I was just off being crazy and I knew the Lord had purpose for my life and I was just running and I walked into that church. And as soon as I walked in the back door and I sat down, like I got the like trembly and my lips started trembling a little bit. And it was just like, I think I got some dust in my eyes and my heart just started to melt. And it was like, I I looked up and it was almost as though I like saw the father, like standing there. (laughs) <laughs> and he was kind of like, you know, <laughs> and <clears throat> excuse me, I guess I haven't told this in a while. And I, it was like, it was like he said, it's time to talk. And I knew in my heart that I could no longer run. I couldn't get away. And it was like him saying, okay, it's time. It's time. And it was almost as if like, in, in my heart, like, I couldn't, What's the phrase I'm looking for. It was like hin and knee. Here I am. I'm a mess. It sucked so bad. Like, I've done so much, God, and, uh, you know? But it was like, it's all I could do is just say, all right, here I am. What am I going to do? Where am I going to go? Like the creator of the universe has spoken and gotten my attention, right? This is what happened. It's like, what are these people going to do? Okay. That, you know, Yahweh has spoken. What do you do when the creator of the universe speaks and you stand at attention, right? You know, when a a captain or a corporal or Colonel, whatever walks into a room that has just cadets and he walks in everybody goes, Right. And they say, as you were at ease, and they're like, oh, okay. Right? But as soon as they walked in, boom, like, what are my orders? What are we doing? What's next? And I just kind of felt like that. But all that to say that day was really interesting because the Lord called me back to himself and the pastor prayed over me. And he just said, you know, like the thing that he told me is he said, You're his. And you've always been his and there was never anything you could do that make you not his. He has kept you and allowed you from harming yourself or harming others because he has great plan and purpose for you. And I said, amen. Yeah. And he said, are you ready? And I said, I have to be. I don't have a choice. Right. Like, you know, let there be light. Light's like, I don't feel like it. You know, let there be light. Light. Here I am. Stands at attention. Right. Lazarus didn't have a choice to get out of the grave or not. It's like, nah, it's the best nap I've ever had, Jesus. I'm just not going to do it. You know, the word of the Lord came forth, spoke the breath of Yahweh and called out the name of Lazarus and Lazarus from the grave at attention. Yes, Lord. Right? And so I went on to like pray a prayer and I said, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll go wherever you want me to go. And I ended up here. And I was so excited about it because I was ready just for something to do. Like, just tell me what to do, God. I'll do it. I'll serve you. I don't care. And I remember telling somebody, we're going to start this church. It's going to be awesome. We're going to have all these people and do all this stuff. And and the guy just, I don't even remember who it was, but it was such wise words. He said, um, so you keep saying God's going to do something through you. You're excited about what God's going to do through you. But he said, Jason, God wants to do something in you. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> And, you know, we did the whole church plant thing. We set up and tore down and had a bunch of people and did a bunch of baptisms and preached a bunch of sermons and did all the things. And, you know, it was like, I felt like I did all the things the Lord wanted me to do, but I never talked to him the entire time that I did it. And I came out of that. And realize that there's so much more depth to our relationship with the Father. That He calls us to do something in us. He wants to give us purpose, but He also wants us. There's two scriptures. Um, one says that those He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed into the likeness of Christ. And then there's another one that says that we've all we're all God's handiwork, and we're created in Christ Jesus to do good works that he prepared beforehand. And so we'll be conformed into the image of Christ, something in us, and we'll do the good works prepared beforehand, something through us. And so I, I love this idea. <coughs> excuse me, this is where I want to leave you. I just love this idea of this phrase, knee. And the way that Samuel put it, he just said, speak, Lord, your servant's listening. And to just have that attitude, like even on a daily basis, man, I don't always listen. Sometimes I'm afraid to listen because I'm like, I just want to do what I want to do. Like I don't, I don't feel like building the kingdom today, you know, but just having that attitude that I mean, I don't know. You can you can say whatever words you want to just make yourself available to the Lord, but I mean it just as this guy's playing. I'm going to have you stand and let's just focus in like let's stand. <laughs> now. let's just focus on that. Like whatever that means in your heart or your mind. Maybe you've not presented yourself to the Father in an open manner. Maybe you've just felt like you're too ashamed or you know, oh god, I'm sorry I haven't prayed in a long time. Like he he doesn't care. It's good to see you, he says. It's good to hear from you. I'm so glad you called. Let's so just focus in on the Father and present yourself to him tonight. I mean, just even imagine like the Isaiah situation, like standing there before the throne of the Father and seeing him as he is surrounded by angels and they're they're worshiping and praying holy 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 is the lord god almighty holy 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 and just the glory filling the temple is and just all of this heavenly craziness that's going on just things we don't understand but we get to stand there before him and we just get to say here i am we get to ask lord what do you what are your desires god what do you want what is your will What's your will for my life? What's your will for those around me? What is my place? What is my purpose? Would you begin to show me? And it doesn't need to be like this, everything all at once. It can be just a word the Lord could say. Or maybe you just feel His warm embrace because it's been so long. Or maybe you just have that essence of peace or Pax come over you because that's what you need in the moment. But I want to encourage you as a body of believers to just continue as much as you can remember to present yourself to the father and continually come to him and just say, here I am, Lord. Here I am. Hineni, Lord. Hineni. here I am. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening.